Welcome to Face to Face Broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor Tibby Peters, the President of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. You know, then there are some ideas that are ideas from the Spirit. I hope you know that. So in the same way also, there are songs that the Bible refers to as spiritual songs. And any time those songs come, they, they carry something with it. Amen. They carry something with it. That's why in the early days um, of the ministries of people like Catherine Coleman, they used to select the songs for the choir that they would sing. Because they were very concerned about atmosphere. And um, her kind of ministry is not so much of the teaching, it's so much of the atmosphere. Hallelujah. So, a lot of attention was given to that detail. And so that's why you hear all those kind of songs. There's some songs that have stayed for many years. And there's nothing you can do about them. Anytime you sing them, they still carry something. Hallelujah. So we sing more of spiritual songs. Amen. Especially in our miracle meetings and um, Holy Ghost meetings. Amen. Then there are some songs that are of entertainment value. Are we together? I will make you dance. And uh, God is praised all the same. Are you understanding me? But don't be confused about the difference. Don't be confused about different. So you, you know what you are looking for. <laughs> you see, sometimes when we have a baby dedication and we want the people to dance out, we could pick a song that will make them dance. And that song has a purpose. But that song will not be appropriate in another setting where we want to see the miraculous. Because there are some songs that set you, set your heart to receive. And they enable the minister to minister better. In the book of Kings, it should be Second Kings, we were told about Elisha. He wanted to prophesy and he had to send for a minstrel. The Bible says, as she sang, the hand of the Lord came upon Elisha. You think she was singing Ben Lo, Ben Lo? You think that's what she was singing? 
he sent for her because he wanted the hand of the Lord to come upon him. And as she sang, the hand of the Lord came upon him. What about David? The Bible said an evil spirit. In the Old Testament, actually put it this way, an evil spirit from the Lord. An evil spirit troubled Saul. So Saul was having bouts of depression, looking like he was losing his mind. So, they discover that there's this young guy, David, that when he played, people got well. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. So, they, they brought David to the king's house. Well, maybe they didn't even know he was going to be the next king at that time. So, any time that evil spirit came upon Saul, David would begin to play. And the Bible says his soul will be refreshed. What it means is that he will be relieved. So, it was not just music. Of course, you know David knew something about the anointing. He talked so much about the anointing. David said, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. And my horn shall be exalted like the horn of the unicorn. So he knew something about the anointing. In the Psalm, 23rd Psalm, he said, Thou anointed my head with oil, my cup running over. He talked so much about the anointing. So there are spiritual songs. Tomorrow, we'll kick off three days of revelation and manifestation. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday evening, 6 p.m. And um, I want you to, first of all, be expectant for yourself. And then secondly, ensure that your friends and your loved ones and people you reach out to that they come for the meetings. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Praise the Lord. Very important. Um, there's a scripture. I, will, I just want to like point to you. Um, let's look at John 1. Um, I should pick from verse 12. It says, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become sons of God, the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Keep going. Which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Okay, we're getting close to what I want to show you. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I speak. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. Keep going. 
Now, let's read this together. I want to go. And of his fullness have all we received, and grace for grace. Hallelujah. Let's read verse 16 again. I want to go. And of his fullness have all we received, and grace for grace. Right? When you read this scripture in the King James Version, um, you don't appreciate how heavy or deep it is. So let's look at it in the Amplified Version. Let's read it together. I want to go. For out of his fullness or his abundance, we have all received, all had a share, and we were all supplied with one grace after another, spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, and even favor upon favor, and gift heaped upon gifts. Amen. So God has more for you this August. Hallelujah. Favor upon favor. Ever say favor upon favor. Favor upon favor means that they brought, have you seen where they, they brought a heap of sand and poured out in a site they were to walk? Then another truck now comes and pours sand on top of the sand that was already there. That's heap upon heap. Amen. So God has delivered certain things in your life. And then this August is coming to pour another one on top of that one. That he, are you understanding what I'm saying? Say heap upon heap. So another translation says um, heaps of blessings and favor. Heaps of blessings and favors. One grace after another. And spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing. Even favor upon favor. Gift heaped upon gift. That's our expectation. I said that's our expectation. Now let me tell you something. You know why sometimes um, it's difficult for people to renew their thinking to accept this. But this is the way I always communicate. Some of you, you have had trouble upon trouble. Hello? Have you not had trouble upon trouble? One trouble, one situation, then another one meets it. You have not finished solving that one, then another one meets it. Have you not seen that before? Okay, if you can have trouble upon trouble, if Satan is so organized in your life, alright, that he could bring trouble upon trouble, why can't you believe that God can bring favor upon favor? So do you have more faith in what Satan can do than you have in what God can do? Amen. Let me tell you, neighbor, if Satan can bring trouble upon trouble into your life, then God can bring favor upon favor upon my life. <laughs> In Nigeria, when we have trouble, we say wahala. If you can have bunches, heaps of wahala, I tell you, you can have heaps of blessings. And so, I don't know about you, but I'm expecting favor upon favor. I'm expecting blessing upon blessing. Gift heaped upon gifts. That's what I'm expecting. What are you expecting? What are you expecting? Glory to God. Blessing upon blessing. Goodness upon goodness. That's what I'm expecting. And that's my experience. 
when you just think that God has really, really blessed me, then He just blesses me again. Amen. <laughs> when you think that God has really, really blessed me, then He just blesses me again. I'm constantly creamed with blessings. Favor upon favor. Blessing upon blessing. Gift heaped upon gifts. Not subtractions. No additions. More, 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 more. Why will someone be a bit uh, uh, concerned about an ocean? Because you went to get water with a bucket from it. Hello? Can you imagine someone determined to fetch the ocean? Wouldn't you call him a madman? He goes with a bucket, takes the water. Where, where are you pouring it? <laughs> Which container? Where are you pouring it? Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Listen, it, it, will, it will wear you out. I want to announce to you that you are entering into blessings that will wear you out. If in the Old Testament we read scriptures where we saw that God gave spoils of war. The Bible called it David's spoils. It took them three days to pack spoils. Are you understanding me? Day one. All they're doing is gathering good things. Hey, spoils. Three days. David's spoils. God can be that good. And I'm saying this to you so that your mind, amen, will be renewed to see that it is possible for you. The gap between many believers is not about the willingness of God. No, sorry, it's not about the possibility of God. Can God do it? Yes. It's about the willingness. What they don't know is if He will do it for them. So today I want to announce to you that it's not just that it is possible for you to have blessing upon blessing. God is willing for you to have blessing upon blessing. Praise God. So let your mind be renewed. Not just about the possibility of being blessed, but the willingness of God to bless you. Heap upon heap. Spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing. One grace after another. Favor upon favor. Gift heaped upon gift. So when they announce that good thing, that means another one is coming to meet it. Praise God. Do you believe God is generous? You know, some people don't believe God is generous. Some people don't believe God is generous. In the early years when I started teaching people and I was talking about the fatherhood of God and explaining that God is a father, God is a father. I, you know, I was enjoying it, telling people God is a father until I, was, I started counseling with people as a pastor. And I found out that no, 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 that was not resonating with some people. Because some people, the picture of father is the one that never gives you something complete. Now they come and meet another father again in God. <laughs> you understand me? So I had to correct that God is not like your father. Amen. <laughs> he is the real father. Amen. 
He's the, he's the model father. Am I, am I communicating? He's the, he's, the, he's, the, he's the father that your father is supposed to be like. Amen. That does not cancel your list. Amen. But will add something to the list. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Say, God is my father. Praise the Lord. I'm supposed to emphasize God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He was very, very concerned about communicating God as a father. And what he meant by father is a protector and a provider. God is protecting your interests and is providing for you. Praise God. All right, this um, evening I wanted to just talk about. Um, something I want to talk about prosperity and longevity I will say prosperity and longevity amen again prosperity and longevity alright we, of course um, you, you, prosperity shouldn't be much of a, of a problem uh, what, what we mean by longevity is talking about living long. It deals with the lifespan of a person. An extended lifespan. Living long. In Third John, Third John, it has one chapter, verse 2. Let's kick off from there. Let's read it together. Want to go? Beloved, I pray that you may... Sorry, sorry. King James, please. King James. Let's read it together. Want to go? Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. I don't know what is not clear... Um, in this scripture, I don't know what can be misunderstood in this scripture. Because he said, prosper, then he said, and be in health. So, he's talking about something that is supposed to happen to you here. Amen. While you are on the earth. So, I, I, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health. That means that God is concerned about your prosperity. And by prosperity, we're talking about you having all that you need and more. Amen. I used to give a definition of what prosperity is. Prosperity is having enough to fulfill your assignment on earth. That's prosperity. Having enough to fulfill your assignment on earth. That's prosperity. That means that that thing that you're supposed to be doing on earth, you have what it takes to fulfill it. So, the scripture is saying that it wishes above all things 
that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. I will go back a bit and show you a scripture in the Psalms. Let's look at Psalm 35. Um, I'll read verse 27, but just in case to help you gain a better understanding of scripture, let's read verse 26 into 27, but my focus is 27. He says, let them be ashamed and brought to confusion together that rejoice at my heart. Did you see that? That means, let them be ashamed and brought to confusion together that rejoice at mine heart. Then he said, let them be clothed with shame and dishonor that magnify themselves against me. Now the psalmist was speaking. Then in verse 27, he now said, let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Now at this point, we understand that he's talking about He's speaking like Christ is speaking. Amen. Are we together? We know there are Psalms of Christ. There are Psalms that even if David was speaking it, he was actually speaking the experience of Christ. In that sense, he was speaking the future experience of Christ. Hallelujah. There are several Psalms like that. So he says, let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. That's talking about the gospel. Amen. Then he says, so they will shout for joy and be glad. Those that will favor his righteous cause. His righteous cause is, is the righteous agenda of God. Amen. Then he says, those people, let them say continually. And is that thing that's supposed to say continually, I want you to read. Let them say continually. Let's read that part together. Let the Lord be magnified, which had pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Hallelujah. That means that it was an accepted idea that God had pleasure, amen, in the prosperity of his servant. Who is his servant? The one that favors his righteous cause. Amen. Are we together? The one that favors his righteous cause is his servant. That is pushing the agenda of Christ. That's his servant. Hallelujah. So he said, let them, there's something they should say continually. What should they say continually? Let the Lord be magnified. Which had pleasure. That means that you should continually say that God has pleasure in my prosperity. Amen. Why is he saying you should continually say? Because as you live in this world, the world will make you feel that God does not want you to prosper. Hallelujah. You didn't get it. You didn't get it. The world always will try to make you feel guilty for prospering. So he said, hey, let them continually. Don't say it once in a while. Continually say it. That the Lord, let the Lord be magnified, which had pleasure in my prosperity. Are you his servants? Are you his servants? Are you his servants? Glory to God. Then say continually. Hallelujah. Let the Lord be magnified, which had pleasure in my prosperity. What it means that let your heart register that God has pleasure in your prosperity. So, it's something to say continually. God wants me well. God wants me to prosper. Hallelujah. You know, as we go around the world, or even as we function in our communities, 
without knowing, they could put on you a sense of guilt in the fact that you are prospering. All these worldly things. And let me tell you one thing. If in your heart you feel slightly that prosperity is wrong, it hinders you from receiving all that God has for you. Are we together? How did Satan succeed in bringing believers or the church to a place where the church became impoverished was to make them believe that not having is God's will for them. Having is wrong. Amen. Let me show you or prove to you that you have thought that way before. When you see a wealthy person or someone that has money, and then you just suspect them. Hello? Without any proof, you just suspect them. Are you with me? That proves that in your heart of hearts, you believe that the person became wealthy because they must have done something. Am I communicating? That means that your heart has not endorsed as truth that prosperity is connected to God. Your heart has endorsed as truth that behind every fortune there is a crime. Especially when you live in this country, you see someone with a fantastic house. You say, look at the people stealing Nigerian money. Anytime you say that continually, you are saying contrary to Psalm 35 verse 27. Are you with me? You're speaking contrary. What the scripture says you should say continually is let the Lord be magnified. That means that you are attributing wealth and prosperity to God. Amen. That taketh pleasure. He has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Now, am I saying that all wealth is as a result of what people serving God know? That's not what I'm saying. Am I saying that Wealth is a measure of your commitment to God. I'm not saying that also. But I'm saying that God is a wealthy God. Hallelujah. Praise God. And God is not stingy with his wealth. Amen. That's why he made you a joint heir with Christ. To share in all that he has. What's the reason to call you a son if he's not going to share with you what he has? Are we together? So I want you to say this. God has pleasure in my prosperity. Let the Lord be magnified. Who has pleasure in my prosperity? What it means is that that God that has pleasure, let that God that has pleasure in my prosperity, let him be magnified. Amen. Glory to God. Let the Lord be magnified. Which had pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. In my prosperity. So God wants you to prosper. Do you agree? Do you agree? 
I said God wants you to prosper. Help me tell your neighbor that. You know, convince them. Amen. Convince them. He wants you to prosper. First Timothy six. Um, let's look at verse. I would have read from twelve, but I want to just focus on seventeen. In First Timothy, in the sixth chapter, he spoke a lot about money and wealth and all that, you know. So, but. That's where the popular verse of scripture, the love of money, is the root of all evil. You know, those are, those are one of the most misinterpreted scriptures. You know how people hold on to something God did not say? The word of God says, heaven helps those who help themselves. <laughs> the word of God never said that. The word of God cannot say that. Amen. Hey. The word of God didn't say that. Are you hearing me? It never said that. Someone somewhere said it. God didn't say it. First Timothy six seventeen. Let's read together. I want to go. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high minded, nor trust in uncertain riches. But in the living God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. I just want to show you something here. The first thing here is that God does not have a problem with those that are rich in this world. Amen. So he's saying, now this Timothy is a pastor. So he's giving counsel. Paul is writing to Timothy by the Spirit of God. Say, charge them. Encourage them. Exhort them. Hallelujah. That are rich in this world. He didn't say throw them away. He said, redirect them. Let the purpose for their wealth, let them understand what the purpose of their wealth is and how to manage their wealth in Christ Jesus. He says, charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded. That means that being rich can make you high-minded. Amen. Have you not seen? Ah! Have you not seen? You see a young man that was 60,000, they increased to 67. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> oh, you just received a letter now. You are the assistant, assistant manager. Are you understanding me, <laughs> man? From that moment again, you say, "Hey, see, greet me well, greet me well, greet me well, greet me well." <laughs> high-minded, high-minded. So that they be no high-minded. So I'm charging you. You are rich in this world. Amen. Are you the rich in this world? So, don't be high-minded. Help me tell the rich in this world, don't be high-minded. The only person you shouldn't tell is a poor person. If he's close to you, he's a poor person. Amen. 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 But if he's a rich person, say, don't be high-minded. Don't be high-minded. Don't be high-minded. The second thing he said there is, not trust in uncertain riches. He called wealth, money in the bank, uncertain riches. That means there are other things that the Bible calls through riches. And that's not the path I'm taking today. So he said, they shouldn't trust in uncertain riches. What it means is that that thing 
It's not what is sustaining them. It is God that is sustaining them. Amen. So if they put their trust in that money in their account, or that land they have acquired, or that asset they have, it can be lost just like this. So, number one, they shouldn't be high-minded. Number two, they should not trust in their money. They should trust in God. Hallelujah. So it says, not trust in uncertain riches, but what should you trust in? But in the living God. In the living God. Hallelujah. So help me tell the rich beside you, trust in the living God. Don't trust that your Zenith accounts. Don't trust that your GT accounts. Your domiciliary accounts. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. There are some people since they got domiciliary accounts. <laughs> it's like they have gotten eternal life. I have <laughs> Glory to God. Praise God. Listen, truly, there's a confidence money can give to a man in his mind. But you see, God is training you to be more spiritually minded than carnally minded. Are we together? He's training you. The area a lot of believers fail their training in is in managing money. That's the area, a major area. Because if you are carnally minded, you will not yield to what the Spirit of God is training you on about money. You will be high-minded. You will trust in your money rather than trusting in God. Let me explain trusting in money and trusting in God. Do you know why some people can never tithe? Because they trust their money more than they trust God. If I remove 1,000 naira from 10,000, how much will remain for me? <laughs> because truly, they think what is keeping them is that money. Praise God. But several times it has happened to people where suddenly they lost their job. Or they pay them the money, the salary. It was 10,000 naira. And they were on the way, it fell and got missing. But they threw out that money, they survived. That's a hard way to learn. Are you understanding me? Hello? But it's making you know that that's not what has been keeping you. Amen? Are we together? Some of you are doing like it has happened to you before. Maybe you didn't learn it well. Let it happen to you again. No. <laughs> no, but you see, there are certain things that happen. It makes you realize that, oh, that's not what was keeping me. Alright? What about cases where every month they'll be paying you, it's a, it's a very secure establishment, so they pay you every month. Then one month, for the first time ever, they didn't pay. But you are amazed that 
you thought you would die. Because before that time, every you are paid on the 30th. By the 7th of the new month, your money has finished. But some of you, 7th is too far. <laughs> I, have, I, have people, I, know, I have people around like that. I know, you know. Once they pay them, on payday, you will know. <laughs> There's just a spring in their step, you know. <laughs> There's just a spring in their step. <laughs> you understand that? You, know, you, you will know. <laughs> on the 7th, just give them to the 7th. They will wake up that morning, they won't greet anybody. The money has finished. If you are like that, my brother, you need to grow up. You need to grow up. It means that you trust money. Because it's money that determines whether you are happy or not. It's money that determines your behavior. Do you know that some men don't greet their wife the moment they pay them salary? As they just a lot. You can just say, hey, honey. Uh, boop. This is our marriage. This is our marriage. We need to discuss. <laughs> I said, what happened? What's the message they send you? Don't worry. Don't worry. Until the money finishes. Then when the money finishes, you know, I say, you know, you are my true love. <laughs> His love is always without money. <laughs> that means that anytime there is no money is when he becomes remorseful. That means you are carnally minded. If you are a believer in Christ, part of growing up spiritually is that Money does not now determine whether you will come to church or not. Money now does not affect how committed you are to the things of God or not. You have, you have beat, you, that, that's what I'm saying, you've overcome that hold of money. Paul made a statement. He said, I have learned to live independent of circumstances. You come to that place where money is not the chain that is pulling you back or pulling you forward. The way you were serving him the day they paid you is the way they will serve you the same day the account got empty. It's the same way you will serve God. Hallelujah. How you excited you are in service the day they paid you is how excited you are also will be. You also be in praise and worship, in service when the money is finished. Are you understanding me? You have started living independent of circumstances. That's growth. Although there are people that have different patterns. So there are those that don't come to church when they have money. Then they come when they are broke. Pastor, speak a word. Speak a word. Speak a word. <laughs> when the word has spoken, take it! When you don't see them, the money has come. <laughs> the money has come. Then when he finishes, he says, Pastor, touch here. Lay hands, lay hands, lay hands. <laughs> They are still spiritual babes. Amen. You need to grow above those kind of things. Praise God.
You are consistent in your character, whether there is money or no money. Amen. That's Christianity. Hallelujah. That's Christianity. Say, I've not, I don't, I've not been attending the same meeting. Why? It's period. I don't have money. I don't want them to ask me for money. You've not understood, said it. I was counseling uh, a brother. He was complaining to me. He has pressures from his family. You know how, you know, cousin, uncle, brother, you know, they send text messages, give me this amount of money, send me this amount of money, this, da, 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 da. So they were always sending him this. So one day he was just really overburdened, overwhelmed. And he came to me, I was complaining that they always asking him for money. And, um, and, um, um, in the family, they're always making demands on him. So I said, I said, well, you do what you can do. He said, yeah, he has been doing what he can do, but he just doesn't like it that they always first ask him. I said, <laughs> I said, the other one is Warsaw. He didn't understand what I was saying at first. I said, the other way is worse. I said that they are asking you means something. Don't see it that way. Whether you gave them or you didn't give them is not what I'm talking about. If you have, you give them. If you don't have, you tell them you don't have. But what I said is that, have you not seen families where they never call the first son? Eh? Oh, let me use Nigerian style. Mama don't die. They first called the other son that works in Exxon Mobile. He's number four in the family. He's the one they first told. Ah, brother, mama just died. They check for the phone number of the other one that's working with Governor Wiki. Say, mama just died. There's a one that's living on the same, is around. He's the first son. They didn't remember to tell. Then, he comes and says, ah, my friend told me that something happened to mama. He says, yeah, I forgot. I forgot to tell you. <laughs> Have you told brother, brother number four? Yes, I've told you. Have you told brother number three? He said, I've told you. You forgot to tell me. Yeah, I forgot. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Why? <laughs> There's no need to tell you. <laughs> yes, I mean. There's no need to tell you because <laughs> what will happen? If I tell you, what will happen? I'm telling the people that can do something. And true, true, when I called the one from Exxon, he's in Lagos, but he sent a, 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 an ambulance to come and carry the cops to the hospital, to, to the morgue. Are you understanding me? Another one sent money immediately. So you, that you are angry. You, I did not tell me, he did not tell me upon your anger. <laughs> what? Nothing still coming out of <laughs> No, 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 no. I'm not going to take this in this family. I'm not going to take it. Nothing is still coming out <laughs> Uh, which is proof they say yeah, okay now okay now you have heard <laughs> what do you mean he said don't worry don't worry <laughs> so i was telling this young man i said if they were not calling you you would have still complained praise god i said anytime they call you whether you give them or not give them thank god that they're calling you <laughs> amen <laughs> amen 
thank God that, you're, that I call you. Father, I thank you that I'm in a place where somebody can call me. Do you know there are some people, nobody ever comes to ask you for money. It's not a good thing, no. Hey! <laughs> no, it doesn't occur to them when I say, uh, who give me 500 now? Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Are you asking me? When I say, no, no, no. So maybe two people that need money, they say, no, 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 no that, you know, get. <laughs> <laughs> and you are in a place. Nobody has ever asked you for money. Nobody. My brother, to, this service is for you. Amen. <laughs> You've been in this church. Nobody has asked you for transport. <laughs> Amen. So, uh, excuse me, I, I, I don't have five naira. I need transport to go. Nobody has ever asked you. It doesn't even occur to them. <laughs> Praise God. That's on the lowest level. Now, on another level, we have projects in church. They don't remember to call you. Are you understand? Then there are some people that there is no project we are doing that they will not inform them. Oh, we are, <laughs> we, we are removing the roof. We are bringing down something. Then there are some people that will just come. Hey, they don't do roof. Which time? <laughs> are you understand? They, they come and say, hey, they changed our church. When? <laughs> Nobody, they never get to be told. That's not, it's not a good message. Amen? Yeah. Then there are those, we call them sons of consolation. Amen. The Bible speak, spoke about Barnabas as a son of consolation. Put up Acts chapter 5, the last verse. Acts 5, the last verse. Is that the last verse? Sorry, four. Four, not five. Okay. So go to verse thirty four. Read down to thirty seven. Thirty four, start from thirty four. Neither was there any among them that lacked. For as many as were possessors of lands or houses, what did they do? They sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold. Some of you have never sold your phone. They were selling land here. Amen. So they sold them and brought it. Verse 35. And laid them down where? At the apostles' feet. And distribution was made to every man according as he had need. Can you imagine where a point where all the needs in church were met? They say, uh, everybody, anybody here with a need? Hey, I dare ask that question today. <laughs> Amen. Anybody here with a need? <laughs> you understand that? You understand that? Yeah, uh, this is that. Uh, then they now, there was so much given that they could distribute to everyone. Amen. That had a need. Now, but something very important here 36. And Joseph, let's read it together, I want to go. And Joseph, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas. That's, he was surnamed, means that it was like nickname, alright? Barnabas. 
which is being interpreted what? The son of consolation, a Levite, and of the country of Cyprus. Verse 37. Having land, what did he do? Sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now, he was not the only one that brought his land and gave it to church, so to speak. But there was something about Barnabas. There was something about the giving of Barnabas. They referred to him as a son of consolation. He encouraged this, the, the leadership of the church. Hallelujah. And we always interpret it this way. That when they were working on a project, when he gave his own, everybody will rest, consoled. Hmm. We have finished the project. Hello? Are you with me? You should be a son of consolation. But it doesn't start by being big. It starts by being consistent. Amen? Let me tell you, anybody, it starts by being consistent in your giving. Just be consistent. Just be consistent. And if you're consistent in your giving, you will turn out big in your giving. Don't say, oh, uh, uh, who am I? What do I have? No. You should come to the place where when projects, financial projects, are being spoken about, they can think about you. Amen. They can think about you. And you could set in your heart that if you were never thought about, you're walking your way there. Amen. And they will think about you. You cannot separate generosity from prosperity. I'll say it again. You cannot separate generosity from prosperity. Generosity plays a major role in prosperity. Hallelujah. So, oh, they're giving, they're giving, they're giving, uh, they're giving one million naira. You don't have one million. Give your five thousand. It's better that you gave your five thousand that you didn't give at all. You know what will happen? Next time also you have a reason not to give at all. And before long you become the at all at all. Amen. <laughs> yes, not that. Every time you don't have. Every time, what will you have? Amen. But I encourage you, start by being consistent with your titan. Amen. Be consistent with your titan. I'll say that again. Most important thing about giving is not first the amount you're giving. It's the consistency. You make it your lifestyle. Hallelujah. Well, I'm talking about prosperity and longevity. Amen. Now, it will amaze you to know that when it comes to prosperity and longevity, it is not totally about God. There's a human side. Amen. Are you listening to me? There's a human side. There's a human part to it when it comes to prosperity and longevity. Longevity has to do with how long you live. 
how long you live. It is not God's will for you to for you for your life to be cut short. The scripture talked about Jesus. Because he came to sacrifice his life, the Bible says he was cut off. Hallelujah. He was cut off from the land of the living. You shouldn't be cut off from the land of the living. The Bible talks about fulfilling your days. Amen. Fulfilling your days. There are certain things that you can't finish before you are 35. Are you listening to me? You can't finish. There are certain accomplishments that can't happen at 50. You will need to, to keep on it. Maybe until you are 80. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So your days should be fulfilled. And some people think, that, uh, if God wants me to live long... You, no, God wants you to live long. Let me tell your, uh, your, your neighbor, God wants you to live long. Now, um, one of the, things, the reasons I love the book of Proverbs... Is that in the book of Proverbs, it implies that you have a role to play in how long you live. Are we together? That the human, the man, the individual has a role to play in how long he lives. I want to read some to you. Let's look at Proverbs, the third chapter. Verse 1 to 2. Prosperity and longevity are not just dependent on God. There's a human side to it. Prosperity and longevity are not just dependent on God. There's a human side to it. Now, in Proverbs 3, 1 and 2, it says, My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart do what? Keep my commandments. Why? Verse 2. Let's read together. I want to go. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. How many of you want length of days and long life and peace to be added to you? But you see what he said? Verse 1. He first said, Forget not my law. Let thine heart keep my commandments. It means that the human has a part to play in having length of days and long life and peace. Are we together? In the 91st Psalm, that should be verse 15, 91, Psalm 91, 15, and 16. I, I believe it should be 16, right? Alright, watch this now. He shall call upon me and I will answer him, and I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. The next verse. Let's read it together. I want to go. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Hey, God wants to satisfy you with long life. You didn't get it. I said God wants to sat- say it. God wants to satisfy me with long life. Now, let me translate it the way I learned it from um, Smith Wigglesworth's um, teachings. 
God wants you to live until you are satisfied. Did you get that? I'm not living again. I'm not living again. I'm satisfied. Amen. That's what it means. Not to say, no, I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to go anywhere. Just say, I'm coming. He said, no, I don't want to go anywhere. <laughs> You're not satisfied. I've been simply say, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. Please, please pray for me. I don't want to die. We've been there. They are not satisfied. But something is snatching them away from this world. Don't hear this message and die on me. And that's why I'm preaching the message so that you will live. Amen. Most of the time, Maybe once in a year, once in two years, I preach on long life. And so hear me very well today. With long life, that means that one of the ways he's manifesting his salvation in your life is that he will satisfy you with long life. And I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice that you will live and be satisfied. In the name of Jesus Christ. You will live and you will be satisfied. The Bible told us about Moses. Moses was, he lived to be 120 years old. And the Bible said two things about him. Number one, his eyes were not dim. Number two, the language used in scripture was that his natural force was not abated. Meaning that he didn't get weak. If he was walking like this, at 120 he was still walking like that. Are we together? He was still able to move his, his legs the same way. Carry himself the same way. That means he was healthy. Praise God. The scripture told us how Moses died. He didn't die of sickness. God called him, come and die. Moses, yes Lord, come. Called him up to the mount and said, die. Should I die here or die here? Die. Okay, Lord. That's how he died. Are you understanding me? You know, his body wasn't found. Because God didn't want them to find the body. Maybe they would have kept Moses. The whole of Israel would have been worshipping Moses. Are we together? Now. Hey. I learned something from Ken E. Hagen. He, in his book, El Shaddai, he talked about how he was 16 or 17 and he was sick. And he came across this scripture. And Satan was trying to convince him to accept that it was his time to die at 16. But he got a hold of scriptures 
and Mark 11, 23 and 24. And then he began to declare, I'm going to be here in the next 10 years. That will make him maybe 26. I'm going to be here in the next 20 years. I'm going to be here in the next 30 years. I'm going to be here in the next 40 years. I'm going to be here in the next 50 years. I'm going to be here in the next 60 years. When I read the book, Kenneth Hagin was alive. Kenneth Hagin books were all over my father's house, so I got introduced to these books early. When I read it, he was alive. Me too, I became interested. This man said he would live for how long? Let us see. <laughs> and true to type, he lived as long as he said in that book. You are of that lineage. I said you are of that lineage. Amen. Listen to me, I'm saying something very strong now. You are of that lineage. Amen. Kenneth E. Hagin, in his writing, spoke about his own spiritual genealogy. He spoke about Smith Wigglesworth. He said Wigglesworth lived beyond 80. He spoke about E.W. Kenyon. He lived beyond 80. And he was in faith to be beyond 80. That was the lineage. That's our spiritual ancestry. Amen. In case you didn't know. Amen. Oh, Bishop David Rickbaugh did something. How do I say it? Okay. You know, Archbishop Benson Idaosa, some of you have heard about him, was perhaps one of the most phenomenal ministers in the 20th century. And um, Archbishop passed on at 59. That was 1998. And I remember the, first, the day he passed on. I, I, I saw a paper the, in the morning. And I quarreled with the, the newspaper guy that was selling. I said, what's this rubbish in this newspaper? He said, it was not one of the main papers. It wasn't either Guardian or one of the main. It was just, that was the first time I was seeing that paper. So I said, you'll be selling rubbish. I still remember. I still remember I met, I met the guy. I quarreled with him. Because where we're standing with the newspaper, there was a banner. I don't want to mention the name of the church. They were expecting us bishop that weekend. His name was on the banner, title of program. And I was planning to be in that meeting. Now, our bishop passed on at 59. On that day, the story was that he had entertained some visitors that came. And he had been talking about how he was accomplished. All the things that he set in his heart to do, he has done it. He called his wife and said the same thing to her. I said, why are you talking like that? And then he was with visitors and he was talking about glory. I said, glory, and he died. Now, the community of faith was troubled 
He didn't die of any known sickness. He wasn't sick. There are many words of prophecies that have been spoken, of which we can't go into now. But the thing is that for Archbishop to pass on before he was 60, Satan will want to draw a line for every other person to pass on at that time. Bishop Oedipo knew that Satan will likely want to do the same. When he crossed 60, he knew he had broken the siege for all of us. You didn't understand what I just said to you. It's deep. When he crossed 60, it meant so much. I'll end on this note. There are two things that people overlook about longevity, which is really most important. Some people think about good diet, and it's good to have a good diet. You keep eating fufu morning, afternoon, night, you'll be a fufu. <laughs> and some people think about good diets. But you see, there's something about death that you should understand. Um, Archbishop's, one of his last messages, I had it taped for a long time, was titled The Benefits of Death. That was the title of the message. One thing about death is that um, it's not, you know, uh, I don't know how to put it. It can use something. It could be sickness, it could be an accident, it could be one thing, it could be that. But it, you have to approach it with a spiritual understanding. Amen. So I'm saying, I want to just share with you two things that you shouldn't overlook when it comes to living long and fulfilling your days. Are you ready? The first one is what I, was, I, sh- I, shared, I think I shared with them today in our Bible school. Men, men attend Faith to Faith Bible Academy in Jesus' name. Amen. I am pleading with you when you hear the next class, enroll. I don't know what some of you are even doing. There are some people that I, I know that they really want to be part of it. But some of you, I don't know what you are even doing. I don't know what you are doing. Enroll. Be part of it. We've done how many courses now? And some of you have not even done one. Praise God. Enroll. The first thing about longevity I want you to learn is Ephesians 6, um, read verse 1 through, I'll read from verse 1. You know, let's read together. One to go. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Now, if he had stopped here, it would have been okay. But now, apart from giving an instruction, he wants to bring the revelation. The next verse, he says, Honor thy father and mother, 
which is the first commandment with promise. Did you get that? Now, verse 3. In your book, write verse 1 to 3. Verse 3. Let's read it. That it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long on the earth. Hey, Kenny Hagin taught us something. I, I was saying I was going to check it again. And he talked about how he raised two children. Kenny Hagin Jr. Kenny Hagin Jr. is over, well over 70 now. Kenny Hagin Jr. and Path. Path. He has a son and a daughter. Path got married to Buddy Harrison. Now, he said he raised the two children. The only hospital bill he paid for both of them, I've forgotten the figure, is something like $12 for one, $6 for the other one. That's the only hospital bill he paid for his children to raise them throughout their childhood. And he said, this is the reason. This is the reason. He said, that hospital bill was paid when they were born. That means the money they paid to the hospital at childbirth for Ken or the first child, it was, let's say 12. I'm not sure now. Let's say 12. For the second child, the pastor now was giving, and the doctor was giving pastors discount. So they paid half. I hear that enemy. So apart from that money, he has not bought drugs or paid any hospital bill for his children up until they became adults. So he said, he taught them Ephesians 6, 3. He said, do you want it to be well with you? To be well with you means you have well days, not sick days. Amen. Then he asked them, do you want it to be well with you? They say yes. Do you want to live long? They said yes. He said, honor your parents. Honor. 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 He taught them honor. I heard Kenneth Hagin Jr. say, all through his life, he never lied to his father once. And I was asking the people I told you that time, I said, I sure the reverse is the case for some of us. He never lied to his father once. Kenneth Hagin Jr., I heard Craig, Craig is the grandson, is the son of Kenneth Hagin Jr. He said all through his life, Craig should be in his early 50s now, um, early 50s or late 40s. He said all through his own life, he lied to his father once. <laughs> He taught them honor. Now, let me say this to you. There is a connection between honor and longevity. Help me tell somebody. There is a connection between honor and longevity. Amen. No, say it again. There is a connection between honor and longevity. Here, Paul used honor... To talk about parents. But the spirit and the concept on the understanding of honor is not necessarily just about your biological parents. Anybody that has authority over you should be honored. Amen. I show you another one. Romans 13, 7. In Romans 13, here Paul was speaking about honor. And he said, let's read it together, I want to go. Render therefore to all their dues. Tribute to whom tribute is due. 
I wrote my tribute. Amen. <laughs> I wrote my tribute. Custom. To whom custom? Tribute nearly caused problem. <coughs> custom. To whom custom? Fear. To whom fear? Then it says, honor. To whom honor? Honor. To whom honor? That means that There are people around you that you owe honor. Don't hold it back from them. Amen. Amen. There is a connection between honor and longevity. That's one thing about longevity. Are we together? Honor. First Samuel two, twenty nine and thirty. Let's read together. I want to go. Wherefore kick ye at my sacrifice and at my offering, which I have commanded in my habitation, and honorest thy sons above me, to make yourselves fat with the chiefest of all the offerings of Israel, my people. Verse 30. Let's read together. I want to go. Wherefore the Lord of Egress said, Lord of Israel, I said indeed that thy son, that sorry, that thy house and the house of thy father should walk before me forever. But now. The Lord said, Be it far from me. For them that honor me, I will honor. And they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Let me just end it here. If God honors somebody and you dishonor them, it's actually God you have dishonored. That's what people don't understand. When God honors someone and you honor them, you have honored God. Hallelujah. I see believers honor Things that are not sacred and dishonor things that are sacred. Are you with me? So, as we are here now, Coco Master entered here. I'll mention one of the new uh, musicians now. You know them now? Eh? Whiskey. Yes. Whiskey enters here now. You see, you see brethren running to take picture. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Asa, welcome, welcome. You see, but. They will never do that for a man of God. That means that they honor secular things more than they honor sacred things. And that's upside down. Upside down. Upside down. Lift your right hand and say, open my eyes, Lord, and help me honor sacred things. Make my eyes see the value of sacred things. In Jesus' name. And say amen. Amen. So honor. The second thing is your speech. Your speech. 1 Peter 3.10 And that will be my last verse today. Your speech. Let's read together. I want to go. For he that will love life and see good days. What happens? Let him refrain him tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. If you knew that anytime you keep talking about people you are cutting yourself short, you will <laughs> you understand me? Your, your lips that they speak no guile. 
Can he again touch on this scripture? And he talked about a brother that lived to be well above 80. And when he met the guy, no teeth. He had not lost any tooth. He had not lost any tooth. And he had good eyesight, good health. Higgin was young at that time. Maybe he was in his 20s. So that guy was like a mentor to him. So he was amazed at how the guy was so healthy. How many of you have not lost a teeth? <laughs> there are many people that <laughs> something is not complete. Teeth no day. I was saying it in the uh, meeting we had in the morning. If teeth no day, appendix no day, you know. <laughs> you know, you know. Glory to God. But he had lost no tooth. So, Hagen was sharing about him. He said he discovered that he had never heard the guy speak an evil word about somebody. He will never speak wrong about another individual. He understood, the man understood this. What about John? Hey, John is a bunker. No, he will never speak like that. Never speak about another person. And that's where many people have an issue. Praise God. Am I communicating? Ever say honor. honor. Then speaking the right things. Not speaking evil about people. It affects you. Because the Bible says, a wholesome tongue is a tree of life. Amen. Alright. So, some of you, as you begin to make this adjustment, you will see this fulfilled in your life. It is God's will for you to prosper. It is God's will for you to live long and fulfill your days. My prayer is that no one here will be cut short. No one here will be cut off. That the number of your days you will fulfill. Some of you here are 30. You will you celebrate your 80th birthday. Some of you here are 60. You celebrate more than 80. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You will live and be satisfied. You will come out and testify and say, Yes, I have lived a full life. I'm ready to go now. I'm waiting to go. Amen. That is how you will testify. In the name of Jesus Christ. That's the testimony you will give. You will testify and say, I'm ready to go. And then you will go. Amen. That fear of death is broken. That fear of being cut off from life is broken. As we take the communion today, we are taking the communion to prosperity and longevity. You are eating into the prosperity that Christ made available to you and you are eating into the longevity that God has ordained for you. Rise to your feet everywhere. We give you praise. Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faithtofaithonline.org or call us on 234-806-361-3500. Six zero. You are big, blessed, and loaded.